Welcome to The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm real tired. Feels like I've, you know, been hit by a rhino or a octopus or a scorpion or a vulture or a, a plethora of animal-themed villains. And this week I'm joined by my co-host, friend, and my web warrior, bestie, Jesse. How you doing, Jesse? Uh, am I really your web warrior bestie? I mean, you're the only one that will let me talk at them for probably close to 30 minutes about spider people. So I, I, I think unfortunately so. That's great. But uh, can I be a web warrior that does not turn evil? Because I don't really want to get into all that. Yeah, no, no, no. I think there's plenty of there's plenty of web warriors that are perfectly fine, upstanding individuals and definitely definitely aren't evil i mean you don't have to be super upstanding or anything we're not talking about captain america or anything like that so, yeah know. no boy no. scoutness no boy scoutness but no stabby stabby if you're down with that that sounds good so you definitely aren't going to be uh have your mind swapped with your one of your arch nemeses and parade around as if you were him being that they'd taken over your body. Oh man, it would probably be a government contractor somewhere, so that would be interesting. But <laughs> perfect. All right, so uh, we'll get we'll get into what we're actually talking about this week. Last week we talked about Spider Verse One. We recently saw Spider Verse Two, so Into the Spider Verse is the first one, and then across this, we wanted to percolate a little bit more on our thoughts on across the spider verse as well as we may be getting a guest host on next week so giving them some availability and with that we you know since there's going to be three of us potentially talking about it and there's going to be a lot to cover about this movie since i feel like there's a lot of feels a lot of uh, emotions a lot of thoughts going into this i thought and suggested to jesse that we do a comic book kind of goofy focused episode that we usually throw at the end of our normal comic book related uh, media. So I'll just do that this episode. So if that's not your your thing, sorry. Don't worry, we'll still get some goofy fun stuff in there. But I'll also give some uh, suggestions on potentially reading material if you're interested in learning a little bit more about some of the characters that are in this movie um, that were in the previous movie as well. And we're going to be avoiding spoilers here. So if you haven't seen uh, Across the Spider-Verse yet, don't worry. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything for you here. I don't know about Jesse, though. I would never, without an official spoiler warning and before diving into that stuff. What kind of monster do you think I am? <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, like I said, we're going to talk about our kind of more comic booky stuff here. And a few different spider people beings spider beings we'll call them that um just to kind of run down some stuff and i'll let jesse actually kind of pick what we're going to with uh i kind of have it on a sliding scale of um totally you know sane comic booky as as sane and as comic books can get uh spider-man or spider people spider beings to the absolute bonkers end of the spectrum 
uh, and then there's a bunch of sprinkling in between. So I'll let uh, Jesse decide what we should talk about first. Oh, also, I'll probably touch on a little bit what the uh, Spider-Verse in the comics is and how that will not be a spoiler whatsoever for movies. Jesse, why don't you tell us where, where on the spider spectrum do you want to land for our first entry? Let's start saying and then let's get nuts. Okay. So uh, starting off with our probably most sane uh, one, we'll actually start out with one uh, Spider Gwen, also known as Ghost Spider or Spider Woman, um, and kind of just talk about her because she is a pretty big character in the first one. We get her story a little bit, but I do want to talk more about her because I think she is a very important character. She is um, one of those spider people that's outside of like the Peter being a Peter Parker, being a, you know, Peter Parker variant, being uh, uh, one also a female spider. Uh, there's there's a few of those and we are seeing a lot more diversity grow in that world. But we it's nice to kind of talk about one of the the huge like came onto the scene, blew up, was very exciting and her as a character. Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. So Spider Gwen from the comic book universe, which is Earth 65, was Gwen Stacy kind of basic storyline you see actually in the canon Spider 616 uh, Marvel comic book universe. That's like the main canon is 616, which is the main canon. Screw you, MCU and your stupid Doctor Strangeness. She um, was bitten by the spider opposed to Peter and she like kind of talks about in the very first movie. So again, no spoilers here. Uh, she gets bitten by the spider and is kind of in this vigilante type status with the world because uh, Peter wanted to be as special as she is. Mm -hmm. And so he made the for he made some kind of formula to kind of get back at the bullies that were in his life because, you know, that was a big thing. Peter was always bullied in high school. Uh, even when he had spider powers, he uh, well, I shouldn't say every Spider-Man, our 616 Spider-Man, Peter was, you know, at least good. He didn't like fight back really in the same way that potentially somebody with those powers would, given the opportunity to. But Gwen tried to stick up for him. He was very upset. So he created some sort of potion, elixir, uh, a, a, a goober, if you would, turned himself into uh, Gwen Stacy's universe's uh lizard and in some sort of fight unfortunately peter uh died in 60 and uh, earth 65 and she's now been hunted by the police specifically uh her father uh captain stacy who is a uh, semi-reoccurring character in the marvel comics uh there's a lot of captain stacy's uh that pop up just because it is kind of one of those major things and so she consistently fights around with several other villains. One point, which is kind of interesting in her comics, you see that there is actually another Matt Murdock, Daredevil type character, who is actually more like a kingpin opposed to a, a vigilante uh, Hell's Kitchen good guy. And she um, gets kind of, there's some slight sexual tension between them in some parts, but she's a 
she's pretty interesting. It's this kind of uh, dynamic where uh, Matt wants to bring her on because she's seen as like this, like, you know, actual like true, true villain. Um, she unfortunately can't really um, like showcase that she isn't. Everyone thinks she is. And uh, yeah, so she gets, you know, hunted down and Matt wants to bring her onto her side. And there's a lot of conflict in that. And she it has consistently had stories for quite some time. She gets her own venomized suit. Uh, so, you know, a true rite of passage of uh, a lot of spider people uh, beings out there. She does participate in the comic book universe or the Marvel comic book uh, crossover type stuff of the uh, Spider-Verse. Um, I think that's actually where she got her first debut was in Spider-Verse uh, Across the Spider-Verse, I think is the comic that she debuted in. Hold on, let me double check my that's source. That's the name of the movie. Almost. Yeah, I know, right? Roll credits. So her very first appearance is in issue two of Edge of Spider-Verse, uh, Gwen Stacy's Spider-Woman, which was just like took the world by storm i think there was uh i was kind of doing some you know research into this and things like that and the amount of ghost spider spider woman costumes that came out the very like that year at comic-con just blew everything she has been very um very influential in kind of bringing uh, a different face to comics and bringing more people in I think, again, I've talked about it in the last episode. I love Ghost Spider, the Ghost Spider costume as a Spider Woman. She's just so like the 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 black uh, kind of almost leggings up to uh, her chest, the white and then the hints of red spider webs and then the hood itself like that. We've had hoods with spiders before, but it's like, you know, Ben Riley, uh, the this uh, scarlet spider who had his like hoodie thing on and that's not really it and then she yeah. has like these uh flats um and sometimes they're like ballet shoes like harkening uh, back to her i think it's like later discussed that she was like a gymnast did ballet which i also love when watching the movies is that they showcase how she moves differently than uh peter parker or any of the other spiders uh, in the first movie, just because she has a different flow and movement to her body yeah. than anybody else. So this one, if you wanted to start reading her, I would say has an omnibus that's pretty like gets you all the stories going forward. Uh, her read order is, like I said, that Edge of the Spider-Verse. That's her very first appearance, which was like a five comic books mini run. Then there's some Spider-Verse stuff, which is just so many comics because it's like um amazing spider-man and uh superior spider-man and then spider-verse had its own thing and then spider-verse team-ups and then scarlet spider and spider-woman is all over the place so it's probably just better to get the spider-verse omnibus if, and spider get em, uh omnibus if you want to like really follow her storyline it's kind of like a good starting point and then she has her own comics uh that have come out but I think if you kind of start there, then you get a little bit better of an understanding of how she fits into the Spider-Verse as a whole. So I'll make a note of that because I might come back to that. One that I was looking at, and you'll have to let me know where this falls or when you should jump into something like this, but Spider-Gwen, Volume 1, Greater Power. I obviously don't know where that falls in, like, 
the continuity or what have you. But that was one that popped up, I guess, when I was just looking at like comics and graphic novels on Amazon. Yeah, I think that one falls in after her uh, run with the Spider-Verse stuff. But I, I think, let me see here. I think it's, it, it looks like it covers, I mean, come on. Comic books are just so notorious for running the same, you know, yeah. stuff back and back again. And then going like, oh, hey, let's do this one more time. Like the actual stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so, so you could hop in and it would yeah, I, th- I th- yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you have to be too worried about it. I don't think you're going to be, you're going to be missing like maybe a few things here and there, but I think that from what I'm looking at right here, it looks like it's when did it come out? 2016. Yeah. I think that's kind of early in the run of it. So it's just kind of her getting used to stuff. Cool. I bet you didn't know I had done a little research on my <laughs> own. So there you go. Well, yeah, there you go. Perfect. All right. So we talked about one of the most like, you know, less crazy weird ones out there. So we'll move to the next one which is actually a uh, entire comic book universe that is said to be, uh, and I slightly touched on it last week, the most realistic quote unquote, uh, or most like real uh, comic book universe out there, less radiation, less all that type of stuff. That is not actually all that true, but Spider-Man Noir um, of Earth, nine zero two one four which i'm not going to say every single time every single time it's six uh 65 and 616 is about as many numbers as i like saying so peter parker of the noir universe uh was not bitten by a radioactive spider but was given his powers by some sort of spider god because that's totally realistic jesse (laughs) i mean yeah it makes perfect sense to me so um so that's not how you got your spider powers <laughs> no my mine was like mine was by a totally normal radioactive spider jesse that's how oh, it works oh how boring yeah uh so the spider or the, i should also clarify the noir universe is set like in that 1920s uh era like classic you know world war ii nazis all that type of stuff as a little bit darker, a little bit um, harder. Uh, Spider-Man runs around with a gun. Um, this is like Prime Punisher-like stuff, too. Uh, I actually read the, the Punisher Noir th- uh, comics when they were coming out. And it was just like, wow, he fits in. Like, like nothing really changed. He just shoots people still. Cool. But now it's like less frowned upon because apparently it was okay to shoot more people back then. Um, Good for you, Castle. <laughs> Um, the only like real big difference is he actually does wear a mask and he like puts it on. He puts like the skull on over his head. And if I remember correctly, and I could be like misremembering this, so don't totally quote me, but I'm pretty sure at one point someone's like, wouldn't it be like, won't people, because he's still wearing all black. He's like, won't people shoot at his, your face? And he's like, good, they can, um, or something like that. <laughs> so is that just the noir universe? Because I feel like I've seen him wear a mask in like other media. Uh, I mean, he's probably worn some other masks, but like the big thing with Castle is right or like uh, Punisher is that he doesn't usually wear a mask because he wants 
you know, he he doesn't believe in the mask and like hiding your identity. He wants people yeah. to know that he's coming that, you know, he's coming for you. He wants uh, the bad guys to do it. And like the big reason that he puts the white skull on his chest is so that way it kind of uh, pulls away from people shooting at his head because it's a big white target and uh, humans naturally kind of aim or point to things that they like catch their eye. So spider uh, Peter Parker, spider noir, much more gritty, much more dark. Uh, his, he isn't like the, the Nicholas cage one uh, into the spider verse. He usually doesn't have a fedora. He just kind of has like a stitched on mask. He kind of actually looks like a uh, night monkey. That's what uh, he calls himself in uh, far from home. Right in venice uh yeah i believe so yeah so I so kind of i haven't seen that movie since it came out i don't think <laughs> oh well so um think kind of that costume that black suit with like the like ski mask type thing pulled over your, his head and had a trench coat and like combat boots and that's like spider-man noir's costume which again looks very like very iconic very like you know spider-man just he just looks good in a black suit he does, and I always wear the black suit in the video game, even if it's not the symbiote, So, because it just looks too fly. Spider-Man Noir starts his whole thing off in his own series, so that thing is that you can... All right, it's kind of quieting down. Uh, uh, we can deal with it. <laughs> All right, yeah. Do you remember where you left off? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, uh, Spider-Man Noir, he's got his own series. Uh, he's actually, they actually did a one in, I think it was 2020. Um, but he started out in 2008. The Noir series kind of uh, started out um, in the Noir universe. You have like uh, Noir X-Men, Noir Iron Man, uh, Punisher, like I mentioned before. So it is all just a little bit darker, set in that 1920s um, feel. Um which is kind of fun and cool. And then he was because he was, you know, pretty popular. Um, you'll see, you'll start seeing a trend here and a few other ones that they introduce a new um, universe. And uh, Spider-Man seems to be the shining beacon of, of that universe. And yeah, is essentially what keeps it going. But um, if you want to read Spider-Man Noir, feel free to, I mean, take a look at the original Spider-Man Noir series run. Uh, he then again does, like I said, pop up in the Spider-Verse stuff, as well as he is in the Web Warriors with uh, another Spider-Person we just talked about, uh, uh, one simple Gwen Stacy. Um, so take a look. At, those are kind of some good reads. And then even the, the newer... Uh, run of them is it's okay it's uh i don't recommend it if you haven't read his first series and some of his other stuff but you can at least get some good reads and some stories out of them so yeah cool and no comic relief like nicholas cage though correct i mean he's still a peter parker but he's not as yeah again one of my issues i have with the nicholas cage uh spider-man noir is the fact that they play him for laughs when he should be a straight man in the world of spider people so or at least not not as uh serious as uh, some characters but a little bit less you know a, a joke less um, nicholas cagey yes exactly less nicholas cagey wow. all right we'll move to the next one which i kind of feel like all right jesse so the next three kind of fall what i feel like kind of in the middle 
of spider weirdness. So I'll let you kind of pick and I will give you just a quick little, uh, you know, no, 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 maybe as I think about it, this one is less weird than the other two. Um, so we will talk about, uh, one individual spider punk, Hobie Brown. Uh, Hobie is uh, from Earth 138, and as the name implies, Spider Punk, he has a very punk rock aesthetic to him. Um, again, just a six silhouettes. He's got the um, denim jacket vest, uh, he's got the spiky mohawk um, type thing going on he usually wears like converse shoes he actually mimics uh spider gwen's uh kind of like solid color and going up and in fact is actually probably a play on spider uk which is just spider-man in k that spider-man same thing where it's like blue up and then his head and arms kind of like look like if you kind of pressed a union jack over the top of a spider-man doll but in spider webs so you know, it's a little bit play off of that because, you know, punk rock, very, very UK stuff. Um, and so he kind of plays off of that idea. Um, his first appearance uh, was in Amazing Spider-Man in uh, 2015, um, where he uh, interacts with Peter. And it's uh, when it is revealed by uh, when it, who's under the mask, it's actually not a peter parker it is a different uh kid hobie brown uh who i think in the normal universe or in sorry normal universe uh 616 is for is a prowler i can't remember I feel like that's right no he's a hornet that's who it is so he's he uh hobie brown is a different character in the 616 universe um i think he was a prowler at some point that's what it is. He so he he was a prowler. Then he eventually becomes Hornet. He's just another character that um, fits in. But the cool part about Hobie uh, Spider Punk is that he has this whole aesthetic of punk rock, where you know anti-authority, uh, down with the man, uh, down with capitalism. Um, he uh, fights against in his home universe. He fights against uh, President Norman Osborn. Uh, in America, because it's British, but in America. <laughs> um, and that's crazy and weird. Uh, there's other really fantastic characters like Anar uh, Captain Anarchy, who's like Captain America, but Anarchy. Um, Iron Riot, who's like Iron Heart, uh, who I like better in Spider-Punk than I like in the normal 616 universe. Um, and in the MCU. And in the MCU. Um, so there's just a few of them um, that, that it's, again, one of these alternate universes where I love the fact that they are able to play and kind of take little subversions on characters we know and love, or at least know um, in, in some cases, and they kind of take a little twist to them and like do a little thing. So um, Spider-Punk has his own, had his own series that came out a while back. Uh, he's got another one that's just recently come out. Um, both of them are pretty good. I do recommend reading the first one, um, which is, let me see here. I think it's just Spider-Punk. Spider-Punk Band in DC, I think it is what it is. 
So um, that one's pretty fun because he battles against uh, President Osborne um, and his uh, V-E-M-O-N soldiers. So, yeah. Yeah, from what I gather, just in the limited knowledge I have of him and having never read one of his comics before, very anti-establishment. Kind of looks like maybe sort of was a little bit inspired by Rancid, but that's just me speculating. Anyway, an authority on punk rock. So, yeah, take that for what you will. But I think it's cool, though, and it does kind of look like scrapbooky too it has that sort of appeal like somebody that would have put that together like in a punk rock band or something so they they really kind of dedicate to that theme not just for the character itself which is neat yeah i think that's one of the really nice things is that his his comics really do have that feel to them like they're again it's one of those they when you give these artists and writers the ability like the new art stuff um they they really stretch their wings i feel like and like lean into it and have fun and that i feel like makes better product and makes more um at least visually interesting stuff i mean comics is 50 percent, you know i think 50 percent story 50 percent um visual if you if you kind of if you aren't having fun with either then it just makes a bad comic and sometimes if you're having fun with just the drawing and stuff like that, then the other 50%, the story or the writing and stuff like that can kind of fall to the wayside. And at least the pictures are pretty. Um. <laughs> yeah, man, I get all that. And what a concept empower artists and they do good stuff. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so spider punk, uh, really phenomenal. I, I do, I do really love him. I actually have a, a spider punk, um, uh, action figure. Um, just cause I love the character so much. Um, I've always, you know, secretly wanted to be a punk rocker. So yeah. You no way. <laughs> um, perfect. Okay. So we'll move right along here. Um, and th- this one, I'll let you pick Jesse. So these two are kind of both weird. We have, um, <laughs> live action, mecha robot, power ranger, slider man, or, futuristic vampire uh evil corporation spider-man your choice which one will go first uh well i just watched a bit of the spider-man animated series where peter literally turns into a human spider so let's go with the vampire evil corporation spidey perfect you sir have picked spider-man 2099 um this is like i was mentioning another kind of offshoot of an entire universe built around uh, a concept and then uh, continued forward with the 2099 series um and in this it just kind of like was like oh well let's it's a an alternate future is what i think they are officially calling them in the comic book uh world just because like old man logan isn't like officially canon that everything's going to old man logan but it might go to old man logan same thing with um spider-man 2099 it's not promised that the 
uh, Marvel Comics Universe is going to end up in 2099, but is moving towards 2099, or it can be moving towards 2099. Um, but this one is, well, like I said, set so far in the future that uh, all of the characters we know and quote-unquote love, or I shouldn't say all of them, but most of them, have passed away. So we are given a whole different cast of characters. Um, our Spider-Man for us in this universe, uh, Miguel O'Hara, who is, I think, if I remember correctly, his father, well, maybe his father, dun-dun-dun, uh, his father is uh, Irish and his mother is Spanish. Um, and so he works, he lives in the far future. And like any good far cyberpunk future that uh, anyone lives in, of course, it is a dystopia because no possible cyberpunk future can be happy. Um, and with dispo, dis, uh, dystopian uh, future cyberpunk worlds, you have to have mega mega corporations because those are the laws of, you know, science fiction. <laughs> well, of course, we can't break the laws. Right. So uh, Miguel works for uh, a Malcolm X. He works for this large corporation. And surprise, surprise, they're evil because, again, dystopian future, mega corporation, cyberpunk, they have to be evil. That's how it works. Them's the rules. So he um, works for this company. He's doing some like genetic experiments. Uh, his boss, um, this is the real long and short of it, um, uh, gets him addicted to some sort of drug and to try to cure him. And then it's like, because Miguel's like, I don't want to work for you anymore. You're doing bad things. And the boss is like, oh, yeah. Well, guess what? Here's a drug that you're addicted to that I only have. And you have to, you know, come to me for. So suck it. You have to keep working for me, loser. Miguel's like, oh, man. And so then he's like, you know what? I'm going to try to mutate my body with spider DNA so I can get rid of the drug. And then he does that. And it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm literally in shock. Never <laughs> would have expected that. Yeah. Uh, what it does give him is keeps the addiction to the drug, which is super great for him. But it does give him um, spider-esque powers. Uh, he can climb on walls, mostly because he now has, like, uh, finger talons, which is weird. Um, <laughs> and so, weird. yeah, and a lot of the media you'll see, if you, like, look at him, you'll notice that his, like, fingers have, like, like sharp little talons on them because that's a big thing of it. Um, he also, like, becomes kind of a vampire. I don't know why, but he, like, sucks blood. Um, and like bites people so that's a thing uh he doesn't gain the if i can't like it's so hard to remember all of them i don't think he gains the ability to shoot webs but he does uh like do a web analog um and his costume which is pretty iconic uh is like this dark uh is usually so in the comics it said it's black it definitely looks blue and if you showed to somebody and said, what color is this? They'd say blue, but it's black. So he has that. But then he has this very like uh, red uh, look to him. And his spider on his chest that usually is like some sort of black is like some sort of weird skull looking spider thing. And his costume is actually from a Day of the Dead celebration that he did uh, depicted as having some sort of like spider um, spider webbing type cape uh on him but not all the time he also has got the kind of like um uh, batman 
angled uh, arm braces going on too. So he's he's another one of those like very iconic looking spider costumes out there. And he fights in 2099. Sometimes he gets sucked into the past because people like him. Uh, he was like the only saving grace of the 2099 universe. Uh, not a lot of else has come out of that. And he is also, again, in Spider-Verse, in spider Gadam, in I, I don't think he did Web Warriors, but he does team up with uh, Peter Parker from 616 every once in a while. He was in, uh, I think, Edge of, Sh- Edge of Shadows. I don't know. There was a Spider-Man game that he was in that was pretty fun. And I don't, he doesn't, he doesn't actually have uh, like spider sense. He's got something else. Um, so yeah. Oh, that's what he's got. It's a pair. Uh, his fangs have uh, like, um, they can like paralyze you. Um, so. I think you're thinking Spider-Man edge of time. Which yes, was, that's it. Yeah. 2011 Spider-Man game. Yes, that's it. That's it. Oh, he does have he do, he does have he has uh, organic web from his forearms. That's why. Okay, I got it mixed up. So he does have organic web from his forearms. <laughs> Must be what the vampire blood does for him. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, so he's fun uh, for reading his comics. I mean, hey, you can start with the twenty ninety nine um, with the the original. Uh, 2099 story it's pretty solid um it is i'm going just be warned you are getting into like 1990s uh comic books so um it is going to be that era of writings just be warned um but it's pretty good (laughs) i thought you were gonna end on a, a more sour note there but uh Cool, man. Uh, I think futuristic Spider-Man is an interesting concept. It's fascinating that they find ways to plunk him into different time periods, which is similar to what I see, I think, from Batman sometimes. So I guess maybe that's just the treatment for like the most popular characters. I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like sometimes they, they just put bruce wayne there whereas like this is like a whole different yeah individual that's a good point well there you go so yeah and also the cool thing is that with the if you go back and read the original 2099 uh series you get to see a bunch of these like uh crazy kooky concepts oh that's right so the only other one i think that's worth reading if you're like oh hey i kind of like the 2099 universe is you have to read uh dr doom 2099 where dr doom who I'm pretty sure is actually the uh, Victor Von Doom. And I think he gets sent to the future and it's, it's comic books are weird, but he actually takes over the world. That's pretty much the, the long and short of it. So it's pretty great. That one's also a solid 2099 comic. If you enjoy the 2099 universe. And there you have it for you 2099 fans. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Uh, we'll move right along. We'll go to one of the probably more obscure, and this is where I'm maybe, you know, maybe I should have also added some of that in there. Um, but for a period of time, Marvel uh, did not care about <laughs> their uh, licensing as much as they do now. It cares about the licensing a lot more. But uh, to 
do a bunch of fun things. They would they give the rights out to a lot of people. Um, I know that's where you know the '90s animated com, uh, Spider-Man cartoon came from with Fox, uh, which was I think something both Jesse and I grew up on. Yeah. But in the 1970s, uh, late 1970s, they uh, gave they essentially uh, were like, hey, you know what? Let's get into live action. Not really. Um, they're like, Hey, let's definitely give this to a Japanese company. They'll do great things with it. They did in some regards and Marvel comics let, uh, a Japanese company, uh, Toei. Yeah. Toei. Uh, I don't know. T O E I, uh, take the rights to Spider-Man to be able to make a, uh, a live action and boy, howdy did they deliver. It is ridiculous so obviously uh at this time a lot of other uh similar type shows were around uh common rider is a common one uh you know power rangers uh those types of shows these um why can't i think of the name the uh, the style it is i'll come back to it but a lot of these shows were coming out where you had some guy or gals uh, like doing some stuff and then they would like transform or they'd bring out a giant mecha and they'd fight bad guys. Right. Which yeah. is really not Spider-Man's thing. He's, you know, a dude with superpowers. He does those types of things. So if you can uh, look him up online, it is hilarious. It is so goofy. It's like very clearly like old, like 1978, uh, like, you know, early eighties, Japanese uh, mecha type fighting with like the explosions and the guys clearly in rubber suits. But then there's also like scenes of like, quote unquote, this Spider-Man uh, really just him. Like they just turn the camera sideways and he's just like crawling on hands and feet up <laughs> the floor. Um, how he puts his costume on, it like comes out of some sort of giant gauntlet and it like is cuts weird. Like it looks like it lays flat on him and then it. Man, yeah, that sounds completely different from anything else I've seen Spider-Man wise. Like Spider-Man meets Power Rangers almost. Uh, yeah, pretty much that. Like he's, he does battle. He, he dresses in his Spider-Man suit. He, <laughs> um, eventually has to fight in a giant mecha which he calls down and is yeah very weird um it's just it's funny is really what it is it's kind of it's good it's good for a laugh but he does come up in uh eventually was brought into the spider-verse uh comic line and his mech gets completely and utterly destroyed which is super sad but he is a fun character and is part of canon like marvel comics is like yep this guy was real <laughs> well i guess uh they brought in that kaiju crowd and wanted to hang on to them yeah so it's really fun um okay and what was the recommended reading material again uh, he just pops up in the Spider-Verse comics. I, I recommend reading the Spider-Verse comics, but he just kind of pops up at one point. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, here's my freaking mechanized suit. Yeah, cool. we, we've kind of we, we, hit that tipping point in the scale, Jesse, where it's less on like, this is a reading recommendation and more like, hey, take a look at this really weird <laughs> Spider-Man yeah. or Spider-Person. 
uh, character. Kind of like when you send me something from TikTok that you want me to look at real quick because it's silly. Yep, exactly. That this is just a weird and goof. Great. We love weird and goofy. Perfect. All right. Uh, so the next one we'll go to is again just a really weird one. Um, and uh, do you know of a character named uh, Aunt May, Jesse? I am vaguely aware, yes. So Aunt May is, you know, Peter's aunt, uh, adopts, usually is depicted as like some sort of ancient lady, um, just amazing she's still alive type uh, ancientness, um, unless you want to go with sexy May in the uh, MCU movies. Uh, but she uh, is like always like a voice of reason, a supportive uh, person. Uh, for the most part, for Peter, uh, uh, a rock, a staple. There's quite a few storylines based around um, her getting injured or hurt. I think there was in uh, just after Civil War, um, Kingpin tries to assassinate Peter. And I think he, uh, by accidentantly, uh, the assassin uh, misses and hits Aunt May and she's dying in a hospital. And like Peter goes and gets his old black suit out and like goes to uh the, the island where kingpin is and like takes off his like mask and like shirt and is like i'm not fighting you as p he's like i'm not fighting you as spider-man i'm fighting you as peter parker and he beats the like living crap out of him um to be like look i've always pulled my punches to be like i i could have killed you at any point um and so he like seen, beats up yeah he beats up bill online or something. yeah so then there's that and then there's also i think last stand is another comic line where uh Norman Osborn uh, kidnaps Aunt May and Peter goes on like a rampage to try to save her. So Aunt May is a pretty important character to the, to the Spider-Man mythos, right? Well, in what if, which we've talked about previously on the show, uh, the what ifs uh, series of comics in what if number 24, uh, way back in the 1980s, we were introduced to one, and fantastic Spider-Man, who was Aunt. What if Aunt May got bit by the radioactive spider instead of Peter? Okay, I'm following. And she, um, yeah, that's pretty much the that's like her introduction is the what if is what if she gets bitten by a spider? Um, she's very nice and kind of like scolds her uh, the villains that she fights. Um, she kind of wears this like, like it's funny because it's like poofy shoulders. Her 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 uh, her costume is quite iconic. Um, it's just like Peter's like classic like red and blue black webbing um, uh, one, but instead of like it just being like a nice silhouetted flat um, mask over the top of your head, it's got like a kind of like a hat, almost chef's hat kind of look to it, a little floppy. Um, her shoulder, she's got like big old poofy shoulder pads. She like wears a skirt, which is, I guess, like a, not an actual skirt because it's also pants. So it's like a, not a skirt because that's shorts and a skirt. So. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, she has a what if and she does funny, goofy things in the what if, and that's pretty much it. And then she shows up in spider verse and then she shows up in a few other things and that's it. She just, she exists and shows up every once in a while. And it's just super funny. 
and goofy because like all the rest of them are like you know peters and or uh, ben riley's or miles's or uh hobie brown's or gwen stacy's uh they're like you know these kind of younger most of the time younger people uh very very few exceptions and then you got this old lady showing up every once in a while and she's you know funny i'm just picturing rosemary harris who played aunt may in the raimi movies going shame on you before stopping crime so yes that's what we need in the third spider-verse movie (laughs) (laughs) i'm down let's do it sign us up I think we had to start to go uh, 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 change.org position or something like that. <laughs> I'll just, we're just expertly craft a tweet that catches their attention and then they can just take credit for it all. Yeah, great. I love it. I don't care. I don't even care if we get credit. I just want it to happen so badly now. There, there you go. Yeah, put it out there on social. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but yeah, I mean, read the what if. And then again, like I said, this is just all me like pretty much pitching. Uh, the Spider-Verse storylines uh, between um, Spider-Verse, Spider-Geddon, Spider-Geddon, and uh, there's even uh, the end of the Spider-Verse uh, stuff. So it's all a lot of fun, and she's a fun, goofy character. Okay, but now we are at the most just freaking weird, not maybe the most, but one of my favorites and the one of my most weird uh, fascination Spider-Man out there. All right, let's hear it. All right. So tell me if you've heard this before, Jesse. Let's do this one more time. Peter Parker, nerdy kid, Mm -hmm. goes to a place, gets bitten by a spider, right? I'm with you so far. Okay, gets powers said or from said spider, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. So slight change here. Instead of saying he got bitten by one spider, what if Peter got bitten by like a whole lot of spiders? Um, well, I think you might just go into cardiac arrest and that's the end of the story. Yeah. But what if like, instead of just saying he got bitten by a whole lot of spiders, what if he fell into like a giant vat? Because there's always giant open vats everywhere in comics. OSHA does not exist in them, apparently. (laughs) Um, is he going to be Joker Spider-Man now? Uh, kind of. But instead of being bitten... The spiders in that giant vat, which are all, mind you, radioactive uh, spiders, uh, eat Peter Parker alive. Okay, well, I was kind of close on the death part, but <laughs> whiffed on the reasoning, but okay. And and after all these spiders that are in this giant open vat eat Peter because they're radioactive and they because they have the spider powers and they're a spider totem, mm-hmm. um which I'll cover a little bit more in like the idea of uh, when I talk a little bit about the spider verse here and maybe a little bit next week, but because they're imbued with the spider totem thing, uh, the spiders now collectively think of themselves and have the consciousness of said Peter Parker. Uh, I'm, this is like a weird spinoff on Animorphs. What is going on here? <laughs> What you have, Jesse, is not an Animorph. You have the one, the only, Spiders, with an S, man. From Earth, 11580. What you have is an amalgamation, a hive mind almost, of a giant mass of spiders who now have the sentience 
and um, personality of Peter Parker? I feel like somebody was on drugs when they wrote this. <clears throat> nope, he came out in like the two thousand uh, tens, uh, so late two thousand tens. So probably not as many drugs as you are thinking. <laughs> well, it was not as widespread back then, so that's fair enough. So yeah, pretty much the story of Spider's Man is he is Peter Parker falls into a vat gets eaten by a bunch of spiders. The spiders take on his consciousness and his personality and everything. And uh, they still want to be Spider-Man and like do the good fight. And so they, yeah, they, um, they, they, they put on a costume and are just a colony of sentient spiders that fight crime. Say that's probably the most bizarre spider-man setup i think i've ever heard but it's maybe it's great i don't know <laughs> maybe it's so bizarre it's awesome so the funny thing is is that he's like one of those ones that like struggles with his identity surprise surprise a giant mass of spiders struggling with their identity um and he is kind of a one of the like loyal uh he shows up in sparta spider get him um he helps out he's all the way to the end um he's just a fun character he does have some like existential crises and like kind of like what the what do i do with myself what's going on um so yeah so they peter's consciousness is still represented in this yeah he's still like he's still they the spiders this mm -hmm. colony of spiders still thinks they like <laughs> they think of themselves as as peter parker uh there's like a little bit of bug's life in there i love it um so do they like value peter's relationships and like try to pursue them with people yeah so actually one of his very first storylines is um green the uh, the green goblin grabs gwen stacy and uh spiders man uh arrives there and he's like forced into that classic like oh this whole thing all this type of stuff like what are you gonna do uh and the jack lantern is like splits open his costume right and but surprise surprise it isn't blood that comes showering out it is a horde of spiders that overwhelm the villain by crawling up his mask and uh decapitating him wow so violent yep <laughs> Oh man, I love it. That's weird as all hell, but that's great. Yep. And so um yeah, it's just it's just one of those really freaking weird ones and he just just kind of sad and he's he's a sad boy. Well, yeah, Peter's consciousness, Peter can be sad at times, so that that sounds pretty yeah. on brand. The classic uh Parker Parker luck. Yeah, the, the down in the dumps, you know, at his best when he's at his worst type thing. Yeah, I, I highly doubt that there is much worse than becoming a colony of sentient spiders. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it depends on which ending you prefer in the Mass Effect trilogy. So <laughs> you might be down for something like that. But yeah, so. Um, oh, they also eventually start growing. um a craving for the taste of flesh because they're, you know, they're spiders um, still at the end of the day. So that's always, a, that's kind of a fun thing they deal with. But um, 
yeah so those are like the kind of just some of the uh spiders uh from the most sane to the most crazy spider uh individuals that are out there in the spider verse um which is um a pretty great comic line i do recommend reading it uh, especially if you're a big spider-man fan it's very fun um there's a lot of callbacks so just be aware of that um there's like uh at one point peter parker in 616 gains this like cosmic powers like to be able to do most quote-unquote anything it's very ambiguous in the comics how powerful he actually is but he's like captain cosmo in some universes he keeps it so it's just and i do recommend like the edge of spider-verse spider-verse uh spider Gaddon, um all that type of stuff there's a few things you might need to know going in like um there's the superior spider-man who is uh doc ock takes over peter parker's body with his mind um and like is you know diabolical and semi-evil but also like a good guy and that's the thing in there and there's also uh mayday parker who is the daughter of uh spider-man and mary jane in a i think it's a what if series and then she got her own what it or then she got her own comic for a period of time as spider girl um in a different universe so it's a lot of fun stuff there's just oh oh god there's also spider monkey um who's from the uh marvel apes series who is literally just a monkey with spider powers um because they couldn't think of a better pun than spider monkey um, <laughs> well of course not how can you top that exactly i mean there, there's there's plenty of these and i just don't want to spend too much more time on it like i said i'm pretty tired so i i'm good with wrapping up here jesse so we can talk more about other stuff next week yeah we're gonna be getting into our thoughts on across the spider verse next week uh hopefully with our good friend kevin we'll see if we can make the schedule work but and now that we're advertising him maybe we can shame him into appearing even if it's uh not working so great on his end so we'll, we'll cross our fingers there shame but that's what we'll be doing and we're gonna i think spend a little more time this summer on spider-man too so this will be the first of many yeah i'm about to say i feel like this is now actually this is the second because we did the one last week so yeah already losing track yeah i was like this is almost becoming a, a spider themed month like uh last week or last month was uh star wars themed yeah i mean themes are good we don't have to work as hard to come up with like original ideas so you know makes us look good <laughs> perfect all right well uh we'll wrap it up here uh so i can go home and go to sleep uh so thank you so much for listening to hit the reel the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it we try to get this podcast out weekly usually on saturdays sometimes on sundays depends on how much i'm doing that weekend um but hey if we got anything wrong or especially if you have a favorite spider individual feel free to let us know at hit the real podcast at gmail.com again that's hit the real podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you i love to hear who your favorite spider is because i think there's just so many of them there's so many to pick from and uh feel free to also take a look at our patreon in the description of the episode we'd love the support and like always hey keep it real